Hello. We are excited that you have decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook, YouTube, and Roku under the Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street, Bergaw, North Carolina, 28425, every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you would like to give a donation, you can go to our website and click the donation button at www.mtdm.org. Speak that it has been broken right now in Jesus' name. God, I thank you for the blood of Jesus that has covered us right now in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for our helper, our teacher, which is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, lead us, guide us into all truth on today. Holy Spirit, I thank you for walking alongside of us on today and being our helper. I thank you, Father, that I have been, we have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Today, we're going to do something else because I've been teaching on the armor of God, but today I want you to go with me to Luke 2, verses 18 through 14, and we want to hear what God has for the church on today. Luke 2, verse 8 through 14. I'm reading out the New King James Version. Hallelujah. And when we get there in our Bibles, on our iPads, on our phones, say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. You may be seated. What I want to talk about this morning is the real meaning of Christmas. I think some of us, or most of us, or the majority of us, look at Christmas in the wrong way. And we need to bring up our children in the right way to let them know the reason for the season. It's not about a tree. It's not about the toys. It's not about all of those things. It's not about the decorations. It is about Christ the Lord. And I want to back up and then I want to go forward to where I was today because we got to understand sometimes we can get things twisted because sometimes people take scriptures out of the Bible and they'll use it for their benefit. Just like one scripture when the wise men, when they came to um, baby Jesus and they gave him three gifts. So we use that to say that's the time of giving. You should give every day. Because the Bible say, give and it shall be given unto you. 
Good measures, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. Every day we should give one to another. Amen? So every day should be a day of giving. But when they gave those gifts, those gifts represented something. The gold that they gave him, it represented kingship. When they gave him the frankincense, it represented pure. It represented holy. Because in the temple, that frankincense had to be pure and holy. When they gave him the myrrh, they used that for embalming. So when you look at those three gifts that they gave him, he was our king. He was pure. He was holy. He was the only one that could redeem us. And then he had to die. So you cannot take those gifts and look at it and say, Christmas is a time of giving. That's out of order. We have to let our children know it's not just about the baby being in the manger. It's about his death, burial, and resurrection. It's about him being born, but you got to tell him he had to die, and you had to tell him the reason why he had to die. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't put up a Christmas tree. You can put up a Christmas tree, but don't let that Christmas tree be your idol. Don't be running all over the place feeling like I got to do this for this one, I got to do that for that one, because Jesus is first and foremost. So you have to understand what you do, why you do it. We don't just use Christmas to give to each other. We use that to recognize what he has done for us. So we want to make sure that we stay in alignment to him. Amen. Like I said, it's okay to give if you give him with the right motive and you give him with the right heart. It's okay to do that. But you want to let them know we're celebrating him. We're not celebrating us. We may be coming together with gifts, but we want to recognize what he has done first and foremost. So let me just take you through the Bible because this never gets old because it's somebody that needs to hear this. When we go back to the beginning, can somebody say the beginning? Now, I want you to know that he was born. They say he was born on Christmas Day, but he was born in human flesh on Christmas Day. But he was here before anything begun. Understand that. His birth was only based on human flesh on that day. Just like we come into the world on a certain day. But he was here before anything begun or began. So when we go back to the beginning, y'all know that God set up things. So well, the way God wanted them to be, God was the one who called those things to be not as though they were. And he used the word of God to do it. So one thing that we're going to have to keep before us is the word. The word is the only thing that's going to keep you. So we have to always focus on the word of God, regardless of what's going on around us, regardless of what people say. The word Jesus is the answer. Amen. So he put things in place the way he wanted them to be. He set them up the way he wanted them to be. He told them, this is what I want you to do. I want you to bring forth. But when it got to us, after God had created everything the way he wanted it to be, he said, let us make man in our own image after our own likeness. So God produced us out of him. So we were spirit beings. We had his character. We had his attributes. And we should be giving God glory at that. Because we come out of him. Everything else come out of what he made. But we come forth from him. So after he had made us, he gave us authority over 
his creation. He gave it to male. He gave it to female. They had equal rights. Can somebody say equal rights? See, we need to line up with the way God does things, not the way the world does things, but the way God has put things in place for us. And if we do that, y'all, guess what? We will never go wrong. When God did that, but God had to have a man in the flesh to take care of his creation. So y'all know what he did. He took and created man from the dust of the ground. That was his shell. That was his body. But God said the only way this body can live is it got to have my breath of life. So God blew his breath of life in the nostrils of that body. And that body became a living soul. This is where you get spirit, soul, and body from. So man is made up of three-part being. The spirit part of him is the part of him that communicates with God. God. This is the only way you can communicate to him is through the spirit because God is a spirit and we have to worship him in what? Spirit and in truth. So as God did this and he created man, guess what? Everything that was needed was in that one man. Everybody was in that one man that he had created. So we know what he did. He allowed that one man to come forth, and he was the one that got instructions from God. So men, I want you to understand, this is where headship come from. Understand, if you're going to be a man, be a man. Because God created you to be the head. So he gave the instructions to Adam. For Adam to pass him on to Eve. But guess what? Eve was already in Adam. So that one man already knew what God wanted. Because God spoke to Adam. When he spoke to Adam, then he turned authority over to Adam. And Adam got, he was the one that named the animals. So after that, y'all know here come Eve, right? So Eve come from who? Come from Adam. They were one. They were married. Amen. So both of them were in that garden together. And Adam was keeping that garden. He was working that garden. But then y'all know the devil, he had to be there. The devil's always around to cause chaos. But guess what? He need a body. He needs somebody to use. Look at your neighbor say, don't let it be you. You know that song that says, shake, shake, shake. Shake the devil off. In the name of Jesus, shake the devil off. And then it keep going, shake, shake, shake. It takes many shakes, don't it? (laughs) And those shakes come from the word of God. You can't do it on your own. It takes the word of God to shake him off, to get rid of him. The Bible said when you submit to God, you can resist the devil and then the devil flee from you. But if you're not submitting to God, the devil ain't going to flee from you. You're going to give him authority over your life. So we see what happened. The devil came in that garden and what did he do? He used the very word that God said, do not eat from that tree of knowledge of good and evil. If you eat from that tree, you will surely die. This was a spiritual death, not a physical death. So guess what? Eve ate from the tree. She gave some to Adam. The Bible says that Eve was the one deceived, not Adam. So we see they ate from the tree and then sin came into the world. So God had to deal with sin. But how many of y'all know that God is an all-knowing God? And God knows all things. God knew that this was going to happen. But the thing I love so much about our father is God had a plan of redemption. 
He had a plan for us. He had that plan because he loved us so much. He knew they were going to mess up. Just like God knew you would mess up. I would mess up. He knew they're going to mess up someday. So I got to have my plan of redemption. So we know God had that plan that day of redemption. But then when it goes on, and I'm going to move quickly, we look at they begin to have children. Now they had children way before um, Cain and Abel. But they talked about Cain and Abel because God had to have a seed. See, God have to have a seed to produce after his kind. Remember that we're born again of incorruptible seed, not corruptible seed. See, that seed got to be pure. It cannot be corrupted. So God had the earth to bring forth seeds of its kind. So God had to have seeds to go to the, through the generation for Jesus to come through that seed that he needed. So what he did was, y'all know what happened with Cain and Abel. Um, Cain killed his brother Abel. So Abel was dead. So God needed another seed. And then that Cain had the ungodly line. But then Seth came along, which was the godly line. And this is why you had light, you had darkness. So when you get through Seth line, Noah came through Seth line. I want you to follow through what was happening. When Noah came through this line, he was the one that was walking righteous. He was the one that was living right in an evil world. Don't tell me you can't live right in an evil world when you know Abba. Yes, you will fall, but you'll get back up because of the relationship, because of the connection and the fellowship that you have with him. You're not going to be able to stay down there in that mess. You're going to rise up. So we see that Noah, God spoke to Noah. God told Noah, I want you to build this ark. He told Noah what to do, how to do it. And after the ark was built, he told him the animals to bring into the ark, to bring his family into the ark. Noah did all that. And guess what God did? God shut the door. So we got to understand that God was redeeming his people right then because he was going to literally destroy the earth. So we know that's what God done. People got left behind. But then after God did that with Noah, he made a covenant with Noah. This is why we see the rainbow. So he went through Noah, and then we're going to go through Abraham. And this is where I'm going to start with Abraham to get back to Jesus. We see how Abraham, when God spoke to Abraham, he said, Abraham, I want you to leave your family. I want you to leave your relatives. I want you to leave all this behind. Now we look at Noah. It was the same thing with Noah. Noah had to leave those people behind that did not want to hear truth. What am I saying today? When you give people truth, you cannot make them take the truth. Those people are going to mock you. Those people are going to hate you. Those people are going to ridicule you. Those people are going to turn other people against you. But that should not stop you from doing what God has called you to do because people are dying, y'all. So we go back to Abraham and God spoke to Abraham and told him to leave his country. He said, I want you to leave what you familiar with. And I want to ask y'all a question. When we truly accepted Jesus, did we really leave what we was familiar with? Was our heart more on what we was familiar with or was our heart more on God? Because if your heart is more on God, you ain't worrying about your family. You ain't worrying about what you had or what you could have. 
You obeying God. So God made Abraham a promise. He said, when you leave your country, when you leave your father's house, when you leave your relatives, he said, I will bless you. God was telling him, I'm going to show you a land. But God was letting him know. He said, I cannot show you all of this in the midst of darkness. See, when darkness is in the way, it's going to get in the way of what God has for you. So Abraham did leave all that behind, but y'all know what he took. He took Lot. Sometimes we think we're responsible for our family. But you have to be obedient to God outside of your family. You love your family, but you cannot mix light with darkness. We know that Abraham um, took Lot with him. We know that both of them had a lot of substance. We know that strife came amongst them. And Abraham said, you go left, I go right. You go right, I go left. Why? Because he trusted God. It didn't matter where the soles of his feet tread. He knew that land would be blessed because of who he was serving. So we know that there was a separation between them. And I'm moving on forward. We know that Abraham saved Lot. But the part I'm getting to is God had promised Abraham. He had promised him a child. And Abraham waited years for that child, y'all. He waited 25 years. And God waited until this man got 100 years old. But what we got to understand is that the appointed time that God does things. And at that appointed time that God does things, he needed another seed, y'all. And that seed was in Isaac. It wasn't in Ishmael. Now, Abraham messed up. But this was God's grace and mercy. Even when he messed up, God knew he was going to mess up. God knew that he was going to sleep with that maidservant. He knew that he was going to obey his wife. But it did not stop God from doing what God told him he was going to do. I want y'all to catch it. You may mess up. But whatever promise God has promised you, it is not going to stop God from fulfilling his promise. It's just going to stop you from getting to where God want to take you. But it's not going to stop his plan and purpose for your life because everything about you has already been written. Quit trying to write your own life. Quit trying to fix things that God has already fixed through his son. See, what we're trying to do, we're trying to fix our family members. We're trying to fix ourselves. We're trying to fix our finances. Jesus already done it. So God was letting him know, I'm going to bring forth you a son. But his wife, Sarah, got impatient. So she gave the maidservant to him. But even after he had him, he still had to get rid of Ishmael. Can you imagine a father knowing that's his son? I'm going somewhere with this. You cannot have two nations in the same house, y'all. Because you're going to have war in your house. This is why you can't have light and darkness in the same house. Because you're going to have war in your house. This is why you don't marry being unequally yoked, people. Because you're going to have war in your house. I don't care how good the man look, how good the woman look, how good you think your kid's going to look when you come together. You're going to have some war in your house. And you're still going to have war even if both of you are born again, but not getting the same doctrine. So we see God made him that promise. And when God made him that promise, that promise was fulfilled in Isaac. 
But then God began to show me something, y'all. I'm, I'm, I'm still talking about Jesus because everything foreshadows Jesus. The coming of Jesus. And that's why you have to take the word of God seriously. You can't just have a Bible and not use your Bible. Because the enemy is so deceitful that if you don't know truth, I'm talking about being acquainted with truth just because you're born again. If you have not become acquainted with truth, you still will be deceived by somebody. And we got a lot of church folks being deceived because they're not in the word and haven't got revelation, illumination from the word. They're just taking what they're reading and running with it, but it has not been revealed. It has not been made known unto you. And that's why the devil is walking the dog over you because you ain't taking the time to hear what the Holy Spirit has to say concerning that word. So here we go. Abraham waited. Him and Sarah. Finally, Isaac came forth. Go with me to Genesis 22. Tell your neighbor, she's going somewhere. Say, be patient. You'll be able to get those last minute gifts. You already know what time the stores close. You'll be able to get them, but you're getting the best gift you can get. That will keep you. Because once they open them gifts and it ain't what they want, they're going to say, I ain't one of that mess. And you think you've done a good deed, but if you're dealing with a selfish person, come on, give a child a box of crayons and a coloring book at age two and see what they tell you. And you think you're being a good person. Everything that's good ain't good. That's how kids see it today. Here, baby, I don't want that mess. I want me an Xbox. I want me a PlayStation. Where my iPhone? Where my iPad? Where my iWatch? I don't want that mess. Genesis 22. See that sin nature already rising up. Genesis 22, it says, Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, And he said, here I am, Lord. Start right there. Look at how God spoke. Abraham answered. Look at your neighbor. Say, when God speak, are you able to answer? Say, when God speak, do you know it's God? So you can answer? Or are you double-minded? Don't know if it's God or the devil. Say, we got a problem. Abraham, when God spoke, he immediately said, what did he say? Here I am. See, God used people to speak to you, and you don't even know when God is speaking. Sometimes you got to say, uh, is that you? Is that God? Because you get so close to that person, when that person is speaking a word to you from God, wisdom, you don't know the difference. So then it goes on to say, Then he said, take now your son. God had the audacity to give him a son. He'd been waiting on for how many years? 25. And then he he said it like this. Your only son, Isaac. Duh. Whom you love. And go to the land of Marah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Come on, y'all. Have you waited 
for something so long that God has promised you. And you got to give up the very thing that you know you waited on. Come in, how many of us would be like a little child in the floor? I just got this. I ain't giving this to nobody. I'm going to lose weight so I can wear this. Do you know how much money I paid for this? And you telling me to give it to Sister Dapper? You crazy? God will test you. And that very thing, that's called an idol. Anything you got that you're not willing to give to somebody else is your idol. You ain't trying to lose no weight because if you were, you would have been wearing what you had. Oh, I love when flesh rise up because that lets you know what you got to do. So this is what he done after God told him what to do. Somebody say obedience. Obedience. It's better than sacrifice. Say obedience. It's better than sacrifice. Say your obedience is better than your sacrifice. Say your obedience is better than that PlayStation. Say your obedience It's better than that diamond necklace. Uh Uh-oh, somebody. Some of y'all waiting to open up that box. Okay. So Abraham, he did what God told him to do. And on the way with doing it, I like Abraham's response. He told those men, men, wait here, we will be back see Abraham had such a relationship with God he said if you kill him you got to bring him back to life because God you, you God and not man that you should lie neither the son of man that you're going to change your mind have you not spoken it to me shall you not make it good God have you not said it shall you not do it Have you not spoken it? Shall you not make it good? You told me about Isaac. You brought Isaac forth. So if you kill him, you got to make it good. That's the relationship. And the fellowship that he had with God, he had a certainty. He had a surety on the inside of him. You didn't give me this to take it from me. So Abraham went on and then the tough thing was. When your child look at you, and this is what his child said. He said, so Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. Then he said, look, the fire and the wood. But where's the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering. Now look at this. He raised up his son to know about the burnt offering for sin. He knew the things that was needed for the burnt offering. I'm going to stop there for a second. How many of us are raising up our children? And the way that they should go. So when they get old, they won't depart from it. They may mess up through their lives, but we're raising them up according to God's way. 
And then they'll come back to that way. Isaac knew God's way of being and God's way of doing because Abraham taught him that way. But this is one thing that Abraham said. God will provide for himself the lamb. This was in the future. Read your Bible because I'm going to show you something in this. God will provide for himself. Abraham was talking about way off what God was going to do for himself a lamb. Then he goes on a little bit further and then he ties his son down. This represents the cross. Well, Jesus was on that cross and he was tied to that cross. And when he tied him down and he got the knife out getting ready to kill him, listen at what the angel said. And the angel called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him, for I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. I want to tell you about God. First of all, what we got to look at is God did not withheld his son. All of this is representing what God done. God did not withheld his son. The Bible tells us, go with me to Romans. 832. We want to follow along, even dealing with Abraham, what had happened, even dealing with Jesus. Look at Romans 832 when it says, He who did not spare his own son, that was Abraham, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So Abraham did not spare his only son, just like God, he spared his only son. Abraham was given up his only son. So we see God in this picture. But then after Abraham was willing to kill his son because he was putting God before the son. But then they told him, do not kill your son. And he looked, it said, then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked. And there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. Now look at this. The ram was caught in a thicket. On Jesus' head was what? A crown of thorns. So all of this, it was a ram, y'all. See, the ram is the one that was the sacrificial ram. In the Bible, when you go back, that ram was the sacrificial offering. So the lamb that Abraham said God would supply was going to come, which was Jesus. But all of this represent what was going to happen in the near future. So Abraham was willing to give up his son. So y'all, we see Abraham here, right? And the Bible keep moving forward. With that seed. Every seed is going to produce after its kind. Then when you go on. I'm going forward to Mary. When God came to Mary. See what we're looking at. When we look at Christmas. We look at the manger. The baby in the manger. But you got to know how the baby got there. You got to know what God did. To get that baby delivered. God had to get a virgin. That virgin was in the family of David. 
See, everything had to happen rightly because where did Jesus come from? The Lion of Judah. He came from Judah, the tribe of Judah. So everything that God did had to come into alignment with his plan. So when he came to Mary, Mary had to accept what she did not see. She had to put faith in what she yet did not see. They told her that she was highly favored of God, that the favor of the Lord really come upon Mary, that she was chosen to conceive this son. So what did Mary say? How can this be? I have not been with the man. Then the angel began to tell her how this was going to take place. It was going to take place because of God. It was going to come from God. This was not going to be a natural thing. This was going to be a supernatural thing. And that's why Mary said, according to your word, be it unto me. Now understand this. Mary knew this can't be natural. This has to be supernatural. It can't be a natural thing. This has to be something that only God can do. So what is God telling us today? Quit looking at the natural. You got to look at spiritual with who you are. You are a spiritual being. So everything that happens, it happens first in the spirit. And in order for it to manifest, now look at this. She had to accept it. And as she accepted it by faith, she conceived in her womb a savior. Just like God said. But she had to carry that word. And when Mary carried that word and went to meet Elizabeth, Elizabeth confirmed that she was carrying Jesus. God prophesied through Elizabeth because John began to jump in her womb. So she knew that the salutation that she brought, she knew that she was carrying God's son. So everything worked together. Okay, but while Mary was carrying that son, guess what? The devil was after that seed. What am I saying? Whatever words you are carrying. Now, if you're carrying a true word, what I mean, God's word is true. Sanctify me in truth. But if that word has got in your heart and you believe in that word and you know God is going to manifest that word because you see it in the spirit, but you know manifestation is going to come in the natural, the enemy is going to try to snatch it. He's going to try to take the very word that God has given you in your worst situation. Why? Because he don't want you to believe truth. So he's going to use whomever and whatever he can to take that seed. So this is why you got to guard your heart with all diligence because out of it are the issues of life. You got to guard the word that you're carrying. You got to protect, well, God is going to protect it because look how he protected Mary when she was carrying Jesus. He gave word to Joseph and everything that God told Joseph to do. What did he do? He did what the spirit of the Lord told him to do. So it was time. I'm going to, we talked about Mary conceiving, Mary carrying the baby. And guess what? That king was out to kill that baby. But guess what? God was protecting him. So when she delivered that baby, she delivered him in a stable. Why? Because it was no room in the end. Why was it no room in the end? Because people were coming from everywhere to stay in that end to what was it to pay taxes or do something during that time. So it was no room in that end. So we see now I'm going back to Luke two. So we want to go back to move forward. 
So we see what was happening here. The shepherds that came and we look at the angels. But I want you to look at this part in verse 13. And suddenly there was the angel, a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. This peace and goodwill towards men was dealing with God is no longer mad at us. See, some people take that scripture and say, we're going to have goodwill towards each other. No, that's not it. Because we're going to stay in strife until Jesus come. Don't y'all see everything that's happening around you, the killings and everything? This is talking about because that Jesus have come, now we can have peace with God through Jesus. Jesus is the one that reconciled us to the Father. So there's no hostility. This is why they were praising God. Peace was on earth because of Jesus. So let me go on back a little bit further. Let's, let's just wrap this up. So we see that the baby was born. So Jesus had to come in the flesh, which was God himself, who came in human flesh. Because the Bible said the word what? Became flesh and they beheld his glory. So they recognized him for who he was. God had to come down and save us. We could not save ourselves. So God took on human flesh to save us. What was God saving us from? The Bible says that sin separated us, y'all, from God. So sin had to be dealt with. And the only way sin had to be dealt with was through someone who knew no sin. So God came down and took on human flesh, lived on the earth, walked the earth, showed us his kingdom while he was here on the earth, but he had to die. He had to die because it was no man, no woman that could die on our behalf. And Jesus died because the wages of sin is death. So it had to be paid for. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is what? Eternal life through Christ Jesus. So God says sin got to be paid for. So Jesus paid that price. He came as a baby. He lived on this earth. He walked and showed us God's kingdom, but he knew he had to die. He had to die so we could live through him. And the point that we're missing dealing with Christmas is we may say, you know, Christ is born, hallelujah, but it's more to it than just that. We have to tell our children and tell our grandchildren, yes, he was born on this day, but he was born to die so he could resurrect so we can live our life through him. So we see that God told us in Isaiah 59 two. But your iniquities have separated you from your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. So sin separated us. Sin had to be dealt with. The only one that could deal with it was Jesus. So Jesus was willing to lay down his life for all of us. The Bible said he demonstrated. God demonstrated his love for us. While yet we were still sinners, he died for us. He proved his love. We were still in our sin, but it didn't stop God from dying for us. And then we look further where the word says, for God, we we say this one all the time, for God 
so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So Christmas is all about his being born, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Because if he wasn't born, hey, he couldn't die. So he had to be born to die. So he recognized that. He had to be crucified, y'all. And we take this stuff lightly. He has come to destroy the works of the devil. He has come to take away sin. So we have to understand that we can get salvation in no other name except the name of Jesus. And when we look at salvation, it's more than just dying for sins. Jesus died so we can be healed. He died so we can prosper. He died so we can be rescued from what? The wrath to come. He died for all of that. So we wouldn't be in any lack. He paid the price. So when we look at Christmas on tomorrow, y'all, you need to tell your children it ain't about Santa Claus. If y'all didn't want them kids to hear it, you should have rushed them out of here. Because I ain't going to do nothing but tell but the truth. Some people probably done turned me off on live. Oh, Lord. And I'm trying to tell you the real meaning of Christmas We got our kids in selfish modes, feeling like you didn't get me what I asked for. Well, baby, Santa Claus, he'll get it next year. That's not right. We got to tell them the truth. And we got to tell them the real meaning of Christmas and what Christ done for us. I remember when my son Jeremy was very little. I wasn't saved then, y'all. You know, we running out trying to get what we could get. Some things they're asking for. Y'all, little kids, at little kids. Jeremy was maybe six years old. And my husband was out during that time when he worked for Four County. So I had both of my children. I took Aria in the carrier, put her in the chair, and I got Jeremy up, and he doing this. I said, come on, come on. I got the video. It. Come on, come on. Look at your toys. Look at your toys. He taking his time, and he opened them. And finally, when he opened them, he said, that ain't what I asked for. I said, I said, you know what? I'm going to knock you out today. I'm going to knock you out today. <laughs> and I'm like, you better be thankful you got Spider-Man. Because you didn't have to get that. And then he opened my nothing. I didn't ask for that either. Oh, Jesus. I could call on Jesus even though I wasn't saved. We raise a selfish son. We didn't tell him the real meaning of Christmas. When you explain to your children the real meaning, and it's love. It's love, y'all. For God so loved the world. He didn't look at what you did or I did or what anybody else did. He forgave us of all of our sins. Past, present, and future sins, even sins we don't know we're going to commit. God forgave us for all of that. And what do we do? When somebody do you wrong, when you don't forgave them for yesteryears, you bring back up yesteryears. But God doesn't do that. He's about love. Well, I'm so sorry. Yeah, you're sorry now, but you're going to go back and do what you did last year. And you forgave them for last year. Now you're telling them about what they did now, and then you're pulling up yesteryear. 
If you forgave them, it's in the seat of forgetfulness. And you need to ask God to help mend your heart, your broken heart, and bind up all of your wounds. Because when we spend time with God, the Holy Spirit is going to remind us, if you have forgiven them, why are you still talking about it? So if we really know him, and here's another, I'm going to give them what they gave me. Nothing. You have to follow your heart. And the most important thing is we need to show love to those that don't have loved ones. That can't afford to get things that we can get. We need to ask the Lord, whom can we help this time of year? First and foremost, to bring you first, but to give them a gift of love that they never had before. God, what can I, because some people appreciate getting some pens or getting some paper. But when we raise selfish kids, you better not bring that in your house. Because some of them will cuss you out. It's the truth. Christmas is about him. It's not about us and our trees and our decorations. It's about bringing him in and celebrating him each and every day. His birth, his burial, and his resurrection. And explaining to them all of this. Not just letting them run to a tree and open up gifts that they're going to play with one day. And the next day, they don't want it because they saw something somebody else got that was better than what they got. And then you got to spend several days and months explaining, well, I didn't have the money and I did the best I could. You just selfish. Next year, I won't get you nothing. That's what we do. But we need to show them the way God does things, not the way we do it. So the real meaning of Christmas is his birth, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. What he done on our behalf. He who knew no sin, y'all, became sin for us. So we could become the righteousness of God through him. For by grace we're saved through faith. Not of ourselves. It is a gift of God. So the gift is him. So on Christmas, we should be giving Jesus. We should be going out and giving them the best gift. And through that gift come eternal life. All of us should have been introducing Jesus instead of running around like a chicken with our heads cut off, trying to find something we think somebody else would like. Amen. Follow your heart and God will let you know what everybody need because he said I know what you're in the need of even before you ask amen come on and give God a hand clap of praise God is so good y'all and we want thanks for watching Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries where miracles happen you can join us each week on Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern for church service and on Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern for Bible study. For upcoming events, teachings, and ways to contact us and more, you can visit us on the web 
at www.mtdm.org. You can also give a donation by clicking the donation tab. God bless you, and we will see you next week.